Welcome back to another episode of UI. On this show, we are going to be talking all kinds of Boston sports, grading the Red Sox offseason, Patriots moves, what they could get, what they can't get. And of course, we're going to be talking a little bit about Tom Brady. I don't know if you heard about that guy, his retirement, how we feel about it, some fond memories. Really excited to have you guys back. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome back to a brand new episode of UI. I am your host, Brian. It's been a long time coming. It's been actually almost well over a year since the last time we recorded our last episode. Uh, But we're back. Uh, We are going to introduce a bunch of new hosts and segments. It's going to be a lot of fun. I have uh, some usual suspects here with me today and and including some new suspects uh, who will join us throughout our season two run. And uh, again, I'm excited to talk to you a bunch of Boston sports. I'm excited to talk to you guys about Patriots offseason and the Red Sox and the Bruins and everything good that we like to argue about uh, online. Uh, So Without further ado, let me introduce my co-hosts. Uh, first, we're going to introduce uh, somebody you guys should know very well, and that's uh, Jakey Poo. Uh, what's up, Jake? How you doing, man? I'm um, I'm doing good. It, it's been it's been a long time since I've done one of these, so ho- hopefully I can break the rust off today. But I've I've been doing very well. That's awesome, man. Uh, it feels really nice to hear your voice. I re- I I can't believe how much I actually missed it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm surprised. <laughs> I missed you too. Much. Uh, also, we have our friend uh, Jr. Jr. is back as well with us as well. What's up, Jr.? Uh nothing much. Just chilling, enjoying yeah. my time off work now. Time off work. Uh, did you buy another jersey while we were waiting to record the show? Because I feel like you have. Every time I talk to you, you're buying a Bruins jersey. I mean, I'm a collector, so. Mm. I, at one point, I'm going to need some pictures from JR. Because, again, like literally at least three to four times a week, this man buys a jersey. <laughs> so, no, no, no. I, have, I haven't for a we, while. We got to um, showcase that. JR, how many jerseys do you actually have? Like in my closet right now or total? Take take a guess. I'm going to go over 50. Nah. Oh, my God. This guy. No, <laughs> he's like, like uh, 40. Like 30. 30. <laughs> <laughs> I have like five. Yeah. Uh, and last but certainly not least, we're introducing one of our co-hosts that we're going to be running through segments this season. I'm excited to have him. He's a intellectual, and he's quite good looking. Uh, Matt C. What's up, Matt C? How are you doing, man? What's up, Brian? I'm happy to be here. Happy to join the show. Awesome, man. Awesome to have you, and uh, really looking forward to uh, debating with you and talking Boston sports. And uh, guys. Uh, we have some stuff. Uh, before we get the show going, I did want to announce that we will be doing a giveaway uh, for this first show. Right now, I'm running a sort of a makeshift poll. I kind of didn't decide, didn't know if I wanted to do a poll or not. About we're gonna give away a free, authentic Patriots jersey, either from Matthew Judon or from Marcus Jones. So, if you are listening to this, I will create a poll uh, in the you know, in the descriptions below on the link on this podcast when it releases, once you're hearing this, and you will be able to vote. And if you vote, you will enter a chance to win a free Patriots jersey, uh, courtesy of me, because I'm in still in the joyous giving mood. Uh, and you will be able to win one, uh, absolutely no charge, everything on me. 
for free. So all you have to do is vote and like and subscribe to the podcast. You will be entered. We're going to give one away. And we're going to do a lot more this year. I know I'm going to do probably a Red Sox one, and I'm probably going to do a Bruins one, and then I'm probably going to end up doing a Celtics one. And and I'll probably do all the whole thing. And we'll probably do it multiple times uh, throughout season two. So now that we got that out of the way, let's talk sports, guys. Let's talk sports. And I want to kick it off, and I want to give Matt, since he's the newcomer, I want to give him the floor first. And we're going to talk a little bit about Patriots offseason. Uh, I know we've talked. There's been a lot of chatter about do we need a new wide receiver room? Do we need a new offensive line? New tackles? You know, it, there's a lot of shuffling going around in the offensive staff. Billy Bob coming in, potentially Ryan Wendell joining the offensive line coaching duties. Nick Cayley on his way out. Matt Patricia, we don't know. We don't care as long as he's gone, I think. Uh, Matt, tell me a little bit about what you think so far of this Patriots offseason and kind of the direction that these guys are moving in? Uh, well, first of all, I think the Bill O'Brien hire was uh, probably the most ideal hire for what they're looking for. Uh, you got a young QB and, and Mac Jones, and he said during the year he wanted to be coach hotter, and I don't really think you can find a more established and experienced coach that you could ask for to come in and, and coach Mac the way he probably needs to be coached. Um, you know, in terms of what they should do player-wise and addition-wise, you know, obviously you can look. I think the preference would be to go a veteran wide receiver. Um, I'm not really a huge fan of the first-round wide receivers that are coming in. I mean, they're good, but I'm just, I just don't love any of them. Uh, so I would maybe go veteran wide receiver. I know, like, Hopkins and Mike Evans and all that are, are what people kind of want to see. I, I certainly wouldn't say no, but I also don't think that that's the most likely scenario. Um, so, you know, kind of ideally to me, I would maybe say if they could bring in or bring back Brandon Cooks, um, he would ch- be relatively cheap uh, trade-wise. I'm sure they can rework a contract to make it fit, and I'm sure he would uh, probably rework his contract and even take a pay cut to come. And then they can maybe take a shot at another wide receiver, you know, middle rounds. And then you, they can use the first round on either a tackle or a cornerback. Uh, cornerback, I love Joey Porter from Penn State. Um, but there's also some second-round tackles that uh, are very appealing as well. So there's a variety of ways to, to do it. There's uh, Mike McGlinchey from San Francisco that would love for right tackle and free agency. Uh, but they have the money to, to kind of pick and choose how they want to address it. And through free agency, they should narrow down their three or four biggest holes to kind of cut it down to one inch, one or two spots so that in the first round they can really draft based off of best available rather than trying to fill a massive hole. You there? Ron? Can you guys hear me? Sorry, I had a little mic issue there, technical yeah, issue. All right, you good. Mic. <laughs> I think so, yeah. I think I needed my own mic. Uh, so, obviously, we're off to a great show. Hopefully, I'll edit that out. Uh, <laughs> listen, I like everything you said, Matt, uh, but let's let's talk a little bit about some of the things you said. Um, uh, Brandon Cooks, right? Brandon Cooks is someone that I see as someone that it's a stopgap. 
but I don't think it's necessarily somebody that you might have to game plan for. And uh, I we read the reports. Uh, people said T. Higgins. I mean, T. Higgins is a dream, right? So do you guys think that T. Higgins or somebody like that or maybe a Mike Evans is a more is a more, you know, aggressive move as far as yeah. maybe getting that one wide? Because, look, again, I like Brandon Cooks. I think he's a great player. But, you know, again, you're th- you're already talking about a guy kind of on the horizon and on the way down of his career. You know, I'm not exactly sure. He's not been the most durable guy. And I don't know if that he exactly changes the dynamic of the wide receiver room. So w- w- anybody here can yeah, jump I- in I would agree that, like, preference-wise, if they could get T. Higgins for, you know, a reasonable trade value or they could get a Hopkins or an Evans, I think that is preference, especially someone like T. Higgins where he's young and he could be part of the long-term future. Um, I just, I mean, as we kind of know Bill Belichick, I'm kind of projecting that that is way less likely than likely. Yeah. So that's why I kind of turn to Cooks and say he's experienced here. They know what they'll get and the price won't be that much and he'll fit and he'll bring the reliability to the offense yeah. um, so that they can maybe find a slot guy and the offense will still certainly be better. Jake, what do you think here? What are we thinking? Are you thinking uh, wide receivers are uh, the most important part or, or is there other areas that you want to look at too? I, I, I mean, the way the NFL has been conducting itself the past couple of years, I, I, I mean, I, I, I let's go back to the Bengals for a second when they try drafted chase over uh, Sewell and you had the wide receiver one option versus the tackle one option. And, you know, they got to a Super Bowl and lost, and then they had a chance to get back there this year and they addressed their line. But ultimately having a flashy wide receiver has been kind of working in, in the NFL the past couple of years. I mean, Cooper cup with the Rams we, we saw last year, um, you know, uh, Joe, Joe Burrow and Jamar chase again. Uh, my, my only fear is when we talk about T Higgins is I don't know if T Higgins is truly a number one wide receiver. T Higgins is a phenomenal number two wide receiver. And when he played a couple of years before, I believe he was in the year, what a year before Jamar chase came in his rookie year, he was okay. You know, he wasn't flashy, but you know, Jamar chase coming in allowed him to really get less attention. And so we need to really consider if we're going to trade for him, can he really be a number one wide receiver? You also have to remember, are we going to bring back Jacoby Myers? Potentially he's going to be a free agent and then some in-house options as well for the Patriots. Maybe Tyquan Thornton does work out. You know, we were using Marcus Jones on offense a lot. Maybe he's a hybrid guy. Who who knows what they're going to do, but you know, for guys like, T Higgins, I, I I would take pause to, and you know, if you could trade for a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, that's an absolute pipe dream as well. But I I, I don't see the Patriots doing something like that. I feel like they're gonna, I feel like Bill Belichick's still gonna stick to his guns on something like this, and might address the need in the draft. Uh, we might see a late round draft pick and a wide receiver coming in, but I I, I think Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton, and you know, you know maybe if, if you can get Jacoby Myers to come back, are probably gonna be your three options at wide receiver next year. Jay, do you agree with that? Yeah, to an extent, but like honestly, if you're gonna go wide receiver, I I wouldn't go for a veteran unless it's T Higgins. Mike Evans has issues with drops, and he quits on his routes a lot. You saw that in Tampa the last couple of years. Um, Hopkins and the drama with him and Bill O'Brien. If I'd go in the draft and I'd go early, like look at somebody like JSN or Jordan Addison or even Quentin Johnston. Yeah, here's my thing, guys. Um. First of all, T. Higgins absolutely balled out this year without Jamar. When Jamar Chase was injured, T. Higgins was absolutely 
spectacular. Uh, he was he was carrying that offense as far as the aerial pass. I do believe in T. Higgins. I think he could be a number one. Every rookie, not every rookie, comes into the NFL and it's Justin Jefferson where they just light up the NFL instantly. Some guys, you know, they gradually you know work their way up until you know and they become what they are. Um, you know, so I'm not really worried about T. Higgins. I think he has all the physical traits. I think I do think that it's kind of a pipe dream because he's already. There's been reports that he's going to command an absurd contract. So you're talking about giving up a first round pick and an absurd contract in the set, kind of like, you know, where AJ Brown last year, you know, AJ Brown, they traded him what, for the 10th pick. I believe was it the 10th pick in the draft. If I'm mistaken, I'm not sure. Yeah, it I believe have, it was, I believe it was uh, the, it's the second pick from Philly. It was the 10th pick. I think they had multiple first round picks and they took him the 13th. You're right. So- one is between that range. Right. And then it, right away they gave him a, uh, a contract extension and it was a big one. And look where they are. They're in the Super Bowl, right? So a lot of people are saying that and like, oh, oh my God, Jalen Hurts and look at them. Like they got him as his guy. And yeah, but they also had Devontae Smith out there. They have an, a terrific offensive line. They already had more pieces. I think they were more further along, right, than what we are right now offensively. I think there's still a lot more work to be done. I personally would not be mad, guys, if. We took a tackle at 14, you know, uh, Broderick Jones is somebody I really, really like. You know, I really think he's really good. Um, or cornerback, honestly, it cornerback, a lot of people say corner, right? But do we need a corner? Yes. But I think a lot of that depends on what happens with Jack Jones, because I think Jack Jones showed enough that he could be a reliable starter, right? On the outside, I think he really did really well. In a limited in a limited capacity, uh, you guys do do you guys see cornerback and tackle as bigger needs as something that should be addressed, or do you guys think that is more of a kind of a coaching thing where it a, a lot of the coaching by Bill O'Brien could be turn things around? Uh, you know, for, I think first of all, if you look at biggest struggles this past year on offense, I think a lot of it came down to coaching. You know, if you had a competent coach in Bill O'Brien, if you brought back the exact same offense with Bill O'Brien, the offense is going to be better. Uh, so that's why it's like you want to like I do think T Higgins is a wide receiver one. I do think bringing him in would be a good idea. I would trade for him and pay him uh, reasonably. You know, I'm not spending giving him top five money, but I would pay him. In terms of, like, priority, I do think corner is a big need. One, because I don't think you can ever have enough lockdown corners, especially with how Jake mentioned that it's a wide receiver pass-driven league, and you see some of these top teams have legit ones. Um, We're going to have to pay John Jones to come back. So if they were able to, even if it's at 14 or they trade back and they were to draft a Joey Porter or a um, Emmanuel Forbes, or someone like that late in the first round, I would be on board with that because I think the idea of having they lack size and both of those people can, can cover. You know, we struggled against the big receivers. Right. We can't. We don't have anybody to cover them. No. Okay. Uh, I agree. So I, I mean, I would focus. I think it, it goes tackle. Tackle is a glaring need. Like there's just a huge hole, and then it's wide receiver in corner. I won't be mad if they go any of the three in the first round. Um, yeah. I think it's kind of take your best available, take the guy that you like, because one or another, they're going to fill a hole. I wouldn't be surprised if they go linebacker either. <laughs> like, I, I just, at this point, I, I put nothing past Bill. Yeah, um, I'm and, always and, under the impression best available. Yeah. Take your best available guy. If you hit, that's all that matters. You make it work. 
What do you yeah, say, Jeff? Uh, I, I was, I was going to say, I'm, I'm just looking to, because um, I'm, I'm thinking cornerback, and uh, honestly, Joey Porter is my pipe dream pick. I would love him, especially if we could trade back and then draft him. But, you know, corner's obviously a need that we're going to have. I, I like the way that Jack Jones played. Even Marcus Jones played phenomenally. Uh, I, I think he could be very good in the slot as he develops. Uh, but just looking looking at the free agents, I you know, John Jones, I, I feel like he deserves another contract to come back here. I don't know if he's going to get, you know, that big contract or if he's going to get like a one year again prove it deal i don't know what's going to happen there but just the other names on the on this list of free agents nothing really pops off or impresses me that the most two notable names are marcus peters and bradley roby and and they're they're both you know over 30 and realistically i i I think you got to get younger at that position so I, i would love to see them go in the draft but i i i truly really couldn't pinpoint how they're going to attack corner corners. One of those weird things with the Patriots that they just always seem to find them. So I wouldn't be shocked that they just found a guy and, you know, free agency after the draft that they just becomes a stud. But then again, I, I don't know. I can't guarantee that as well. Jay, are you buying the Zay flowers hype that I'm hearing? Cause right now PFF has them ranked as the second best wide receiver in the draft. Second. Uh, best. No, <laughs> no. no. I mean, if you take him at 14, I think it's a reach. If you trade back, and he's there in the late first. I think you go for him. Yeah. But if you're gonna draft a receiver at 15, like I'm, I'm very like for sure on this. Jordan Addison is my want. But if you go corner, Devin Witherspoon. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I I like Zay Flowers, but the second best wide receiver prospect no. in the draft. No. He's over- cool. I mean, he's good. Mm. He's a bit <laughs> overrated because of being Man. from Boston. Yeah, I mean, he would fit what the Patriots need. But at 14, no, I, I, I'm with J.R. Addison's my number one. You know, I'm still a little bit early into looking into this class, but uh, I mean, I can't imagine taking him before really even like 25, 25th overall. If he fell I mean, the second, oof. I mean, I would if like. If he was I, like early yeah. second, maybe, but. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I like, I mean, I like guys like Cedric Tillman and Parker Washington and even Nathaniel De- Dell, uh, but. You know, I mean, I think it's ridiculous. I mean, I like Zay Flowers, but I think the fact that they have him as the second best wide receiver prospect in the draft is just a little absurd. I, 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 I guess. Look, here's my experience with Patriots drafts. If you want to play a really badly, you most likely won't get him. So I think people should stop saying his name because you know the more they, the more hype that builds up for this kid, it's just. I don't think it's we're talking happen. about this, and they're going to draft a, a center at 14 overall that <laughs> from was Western Kentucky State University <laughs> yeah. or some oh, shit like sure. that. For sure, they're going to draft uh, a safety from Ch- Chattanooga State. You know, from Division Three. There is a Chattanooga. Uh, I think he's a tackle. That's, there you go. That's there you go. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, uh, I don't know. Um, if you were to rank guys, if you were to rank. Um, Biggest need on the Patriots right now, right? And give me the top three most, the three biggest positional needs right now. What would it be? And I'm going to go first just to give you an idea of how we do it. And it might surprise you guys on my third one. So first one, it's tackle just because it was, it was so bad. Tackle play was so atrocious last season, right? Um, we don't know. Trent Brown is not a long-term answer. He's only signed for an extra year. His team, they might cut him. Who knows? He does save. I think, uh, I'm not sure how much he saves. I think he says like almost 10 million in cap. They, they do cut him. And again, they don't have any long-term engine. And they, they have nothing there. Honestly, nothing long-term. They have, I know they have a couple of guys there kind of high on, but you know, 
Andrew Stuber, maybe. I don't know. So tackle you one. Second would be wide receiver for me, just because I feel like they have nobody under contract past the 2023 season, except for Tyquan Thornton. So you have no long-term answers, nobody there at all. And I feel like just getting these guys and trying to plug them into your system, it just doesn't work. You're better off just the Jacoby Myers you know, route. If you can't bring them back, just get guys you could bring in early and try to develop into your system and mold them how you want them to play. And third is safety. And the reason I say safety is because you do not have Jabril Peppers. I believe Adrian Phillips is, you know, I'm, I really didn't hear his name last year. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. But he definitely didn't make any impact plays as he did before. Jabril Peppers was really good, right? But he's a free agent. And DMAC, we don't know what we're getting back from him. So there's been talks about maybe getting Jalen Mills a free safety. Maybe they move him there. Maybe that's an option, right? So we, because we still have Jalen Mills, right? He's still, he still yeah, plays. He, he originally came over here as a safety, right? Or, or two play safety. Right. So that's what I'm saying. You know, maybe cornerback's not as high because you still have him and you still have Marcus Jones. You still have Jack Jones, technically. And they're right there. That's three potential guys. Maybe you break back John Jones. Who knows? Uh, safety's my third. I feel like maybe a, a free ranging free safety, a guy with range, with speed, athleticism, somebody that can cover the back end of the field, who's going to be smart and instinctive. And a lot of people have said Jesse Bates. Uh, but he's going to command a big price tag. I don't see that happening just because I feel like the market on him is going to be huge. And we have other more glaring needs, perhaps, that they feel like they can cover entirely with that. So uh, let's go around the room real quickly. Give me your top three. Let's start with Matt. Matt, what are your top three? Um, I mean, I basically I'd have the same first and second. Um, and I, if I kind of put corner and safety 3A and 3B, mm-hmm. my theory is, is kind of simple though. Like they have so many, they have like five or six positions that are big holes. Those three, those four, you can even say linebacker, you know, mm-hmm. they don't really have other than I guess Bentley, a reliable linebacker. Um, so, I mean, I, I personally think that's why if they could trade back from 14 into like the 18 to 24 range, add another second round pick, and you mentioned with Trent Brown coming off um, with only one year left, and really he was pretty underwhelming. I think priority one at tackle is they need to get a left tackle. So at the very minimum, they're moving Trent Brown back to right tackle. I agree. But nevertheless, I, I would even consider drafting two tackles in the first three rounds. Um, if they were to trade back and in, get another second round pick, there, there are some second round tackles. This is a deep, deep tackle draft. There's some Very really good. nice ones. Mm-hmm. There's Wright from Tennessee, Bergeron from Syracuse that I like. Um, so, you know, I would say those four are my best. Yeah. And trading back is probably their best their best option. What about you, JR? Give me a top three. What was your what would be your top three positions of need? Um, I mean in no order. I literally like I don't have it in an order, but it'd probably be tackle, linebacker, receiver. Um, like Matt said, I mean, your only reliable linebacker is Bentley, but is he really the most reliable though? Cause he gets beat a lot downhill. Cause I mean, he's not the fastest and a more athletic, like hybrid linebacker that has speed and more like athleticism would probably mm-hmm. be better for like the way the future of the NFL is going. Yeah. A lot of fast running backs, fast little slot receivers that they cover and everything. And just the fast mobile quarterbacks, like yeah. they need something a little bit more athletic. Yeah. What about you, uh, Jake top three? Well, my number one is definitely tackle. I, I'd have to say tackle is a huge need, especially with 
you know, Trent Brown, who knows what his status is, and Isaiah Wynn just can't play tackle for the life of him. Number two is definitely linebacker. Uh, you know, I know you have Matt Judon and Josh, uh, Josh Uche, excuse me, but if Uche plays the same way that he did this this year and he's an upcoming free agent, he's going to get a good payday somewhere else. And I, I, I don't see the Patriots potentially matching something like that if he does play, you know, phenomenal next season. So he's probably out there. So I'd say linebacker. And then number three, I, I think, is a position we all know about and we haven't mentioned it yet. But tight end, my God, you, 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 you don't have a, you don't have a tight end. And I hate saying that because I, I really do like Hunter Henry and I, I think he can be your starting tight end, but at the same time, you also need to address that receiver position because Hunter Henry was Mac Jones, real number one target his rookie year. So they kind of clamped down on that. And Johnny Smith, I, I, I I'm kind of given up on him uh, unless he has a miraculous comeback story and, and impresses next season, which I highly doubt. I, I, I really don't like the tight end position right now. And Hunter Henry, I, I, I think can improve next season, but right now that's just a huge question mark. And tight end is a priority right now. I, I like the I like the tight end position. I think right now though, they're kind of handcuffed to that position a little bit because they have $33 million devoted to the tight end. this year. Hunter free agent after this year and Smith for one more year. You got a lot of money tied up there, but a lot of money. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not impressed. A a mid to late round pick. Yeah, there's like Stover that comes to mind immediately from Ohio State that will probably be in you know in the rounds three to five range that you could draft and develop for a year. Sit behind. I would honestly, I expect them to extend Henry more than I, I think they'll extend Henry and then. After this year, they can reasonably escape John New's contract. Um, but good yeah. lord, that was that, that's a bad deal. <laughs> that, that's a bad. That's a one of the worst contracts. I think it was. It, it was yeah. great at the time. <laughs> it's it's crazy, it's guys. Founded. Yeah, it's crazy, guys. It because did. They gave away one of the best contracts and one of the worst in the same free agency, right? We can. I think we can agree that Matthew Judon's contract was well deserved, every penny. Right now, I think Matthew oh, Judon yeah. has earned his contract, and I think he, that was one of the best contracts they gave. He was a big ticket free agent item, and. I kind of compare Matthew Judon to uh, Gilmore. Gilmore, he paid dividends in the end. You know, he won Defensive Player of the Year. He was a lockdown corner. He did what they paid him to do during his prime. And I think Judon's kind of fulfilling the same type of role where I think, like, he's he's earned his pay, you know, as far as that that's, goes. That, that's a spot-on analysis. I think both Gilmore and, and Judon were signed, and everyone kind of was like, wow, that's that, that's a big chunk of money. given, yeah. Especially Gilmore. Gilmore at the time, like, it kind of came out of nowhere. Yes, especially when pe- they wanted to pay Butler at the time, and it's yeah. like, and both of them came here, and they were like good players, but then they came here, and then they were like, wow, they took their game to the next level. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a good analysis. Yeah, I think Gil. I think, like I said, I think the I I see them uh, as far as performance. You know, first year Gilmore. He's Gilmore, by the way, started Rocky here, and he kind of gradually build it build after the fourth game and I think the Carolina game was where he had a really bad game with his first year here and then after that he just built up on that and just got better and better and Judon same thing you know he he had a great season he kind of ran out of gas this year you know he elevated did, did much better I didn't feel like he held off a little, as much but I think Joshua just emerging like Jake said also helped him a lot and that kind of like kept the pass rush going uh one position that we I don't know nobody has really said but I if you look at the Patriots roster it needs it. It needs an injection of youth. I would say defensive tackle, um, especially since Lawrence Guy's getting up there in years. Carl Davis is a free agent, and you know all you have really there is Gotchow and Barmore, and 
that's kind of like your beef up front is kind of consists of those guys. I know they have Ukulele also as well there, but, you know, he's a rotational guy. He's not an every-down player. I would love it if they got someone that can match kind of that ferocity that they have with Barmore in the middle. They'd be really stout up there. I, I think like they can find they another guy like Lawrence Guy in free agency. Oh, you know, for sure. Come fill a need inside. Or they can use a you know mid-round pick to at least take a shot on someone. Yeah. Don't they have Sam Robinson, though? They do. They, they they have some players, but again, it's something, again, you're losing players, and uh, some of these players might get potentially get scooped up by the teams. You know, I'm... I feel like every team is a, every team looks at the Pages roster and tries to pry off their players at this point, like especially some of the guys that are in rotation. And then I look at guys like, you know, Josh McDaniels with the Raiders. I think he's trying to build the Patriots West up in Vegas. <laughs> so maybe he tries to poach a couple players from there. I don't know. Um, but You'd almost expect that at this point. Yeah, he can have Isaiah win. He can have Miles Bryant. How about that? I will pay them to. You can have Isaiah win and Miles Bryant. Now, listen, I need Miles Bryant shipped off to the moon. He needs to be playing for, you know, the Rockettes. He's, he's coming back. I, I hate it. I, I, hate I, it. I, I hate him. I hate him with a passion, but he's coming <laughs> back. He's, he, they're going to tender him. He's going to give him, like, a second-round tender, and he'll be back. I, the, he, look, there's two people that infuriate me to no end. One of them is Miles Bryant. The second is the fact that Cam Ackroyd is still employed in still running the special teams. And then I look at the Shrine Bowl and stuff, whatever happened, and I think he was running special teams there, and then they gave up, like, a touchdown or something. I don't know what happened. And they're like, yeah, he Cam Ackroyd strikes again. That downfall can't come soon enough. I cannot stand him. I, 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 I don't know what Bill... I think Judge will, Judge will, will, may not have, like, a specific role this year, but I think he's going to spend a lot of time yeah. uh, with special teams. Yeah. He's certainly not going to be near the offense. Right. Bill Before Perry we... said something that he's probably going to work with quarterbacks again under Bill O'Brien, that he might be like the assistant quarterback coach. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, you never know. I mean, uh, like... man, if the stories are true that came out with Judge and Mac, I can't mm-hmm. see it. Yeah, I wouldn't want him anywhere near Mac Jones this year. I, I want Teapot, Billy Bob, to take over and uh, tell Joe Judge to fuck off. That's basically what give, I want him to do. Just <laughs> I give want me TJ. By the way, by the way, and I'm going to ask this real quick, and I just want a yes or no answer because before we finish off this segment and we move on to the next one, do you guys still believe in Mac Jones year three? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to have to see the first four weeks. Uh, that's a cop-out <laughs> answer, Jake. I need I, to know a yes or no. I like my Bailey Zappi, but I I will still give Mac the benefit of the doubt. Season three is the last and final season, so I I, yeah. I won't look at him downwards. But you know he has a lot to prove, so I'll, I'll I'll stick with him till the end of it. But if week four, if he doesn't really show anything special by then, it's happy time, baby. Yeah, I don't know if he'll be great, but I think he could be at least good. Yeah, I I, I, I I think he can be good this year. I listen. I I think there's nowhere else to go but but up. Right? I mean, I feel like we had, at times in the season, we rock, had rock ball. bottom. Right. I, I, He's more I impressive enjoyed, if he went down than if he went up. I, I actually enjoyed sure. watching the Cam Newton season more than I did last season. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that's controversial to say, but I at, at times I felt like I couldn't even watch the Patriots last year, at, at least with Cam Newton and that team. I feel like you need to wash your mouth for saying something. So I know, I know that. that feels, <laughs> no, that, that Raiders game, insane. man. Oh, that my God. Because I watched the entire Cam Newton Patriots versus Broncos that game. And that game literally. Well, it was the Seattle game. That Seattle game. Got uh, it. Got it. Oh, yeah, the Seattle so and the Buffalo game. That Seattle game was good. Uh, uh, 
I mean, that, Buffalo that was, that game was... where he, he's orchestrating a go-ahead drive, and then he, you know, does a run to the Bumble. left and f- gives the ball away. Yeah, he, he did just enough to keep me invigorated that season. And I, I I'll be honest, though, we win that Broncos game if Nikhil Harry doesn't slip. Can we not talk yeah. about Nikhil Harry, please? Can, let's, can let's, we actually, can we actually let's put that one down for gift. good? Let's put it down cut for that, good. Cut that, cut that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to edit that out, Jay. What the just, fuck? Just, just, hey, I mean, it's true, <laughs> though. If he doesn't slip, he catches the ball. It's a walking touchdown. Yeah, you know, and if just, I had fucking, JR if I had wheels, I'd be a wheelchair. So, uh, you know, a lot of things could happen, but it's not happening that way. All right, guys, when we return, we're going to talk. Red Sox, and we're going to grade the Red Sox offseason. I know Jake and Matt C are probably going to bunt heads about this one, or maybe they hug it out and they, and they completely agree. I just don't see how, but I'm going to defer to them two specifically for this, uh, for this one because I feel like it's uh, it should be it should be good. You know, I feel if I feel I don't know what to, uh, I feel very conflicted about this offseason, but in a good way. I don't know if that makes sense. But when we come back again, Red Sox talk on UI. <laughs> Looking for somewhere to place a bet? Looking for sportsbook, live betting, casino, racebook, and promotions? Right now, you can go to betus.com. Betus.com will allow you to join easily. There's a 125% sign-up bonus, a 200% crypto bonus, and more. Place all your bets. Make lots of winnings with betus.com. And we're back in another segment of UI. I wanted to have take this uh, time to go ahead and introduce uh, one of our new co-hosts that we're going to be talking with this season. And uh, she happens to be very nice. She's very knowledgeable. She's very passionate. And uh, it's my new co-host I would like to introduce is Haley. Haley, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, now, you're based out of Arizona, so tell me, how is the weather? How is the weather over there right now? Because I know people are suffering up north, so how, how are you coping with the sun? Um, the sun's great. It was like a high of 72 today, so just some yeah. leggings and just a t-shirt. So it's actually been, I, I'm not someone who likes the cold, so <laughs> I'm very happy with this. You're, we get a lot of hate because I'm in Florida, so us southerners, I guess, <laughs> we get a lot of hate. Uh, especially, I mean, I know for a fact that Jake and some of these guys are really going to be real bitter when they hear that you wear uh, leggings and a light sweater on <laughs> in early February. So that that's nice. Listen, I'm excited to have you. Uh, we're going to have a really fun season. We're going to be talking uh, a lot of Boston sports. Now, one of the things I wanted to do before we start off this segment is let our listeners know that don't forget we have a poll running. Okay, it's going to be in the link. We're giving away a Patriots jersey on me. Free of charge. All you have to do is like and subscribe to the podcast. And there's going to be a poll. That's how you enter. You can choose either Marcus Jones or Matt Judon. You guys choose. Make it happen. Give yourselves a chance to enter. We're going to be doing lots of giveaways. Celtics, Bruins, Red Sox, all that stuff. So, Haley. What are your thoughts on this past Patriots offseason? What you witnessed and what you came away with? So the offseason definitely was just, I, I mean, 
during the off season, we didn't have an offensive coach. I was a little nervous going into the season. I was like, oh God, this is <laughs> I was like, there's no way our offense is going to be able, with a young rookie quarterback too. It was just, right. uh, I just felt like we got Patricia so late where this system, it didn't have enough time to get out its kinks. And so I just think once we get a solid coach, right. I think we'll be rocking. Right. So I think your issue was Patricia, which my issue was Patricia. So you had a bad feeling basically. You know, it's kind of those things where you're you're eating something that you know you shouldn't be eating because you're going to pay for it like later. Or maybe if you're drinking something and you like they give you two that extra shot that you're like, ah, you know, I don't know if I should. I'm going to pay for that one later. That's kind of the whole feeling that I got with Matt Patricia all season. You know, it felt bad. It just felt like it was it was icky at some point. Now, did were you as frustrated as I was watching this offense? And how much blame do you put on Mac Jones for the season? Because I know a lot of people are kind of checked out on Mac Jones, even after um, having a great rookie year. So I thought he had a great rookie year. I still think he has so much potential. The kid's so young. Right. And he's, I mean, all these young quarterbacks have the same two coaches two years. This kid's being bobbled around. Then he's getting his injury. And then now he's getting people hating him, calling for another quarterback. Right. I mean, people are bringing, asking for Tom Brady to come back. Before he announced his retirement, which we will talk about in a bit, they were literally hoping and praying that Tom Brady would come back <laughs> and replace Mac Jones. And now, you know, it's. I think we need to realize as Patriots fans that maybe we're stuck with Mac, you know, at least for next year to see what he's got and give him a real shot. Yeah, so, I agree. I think they, yeah. that it, we've been a little hard on him all season. I think he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. He's young. Yeah. He always had to fight for a spot in college as well. And I just think sure. he came into a team that was in the middle of rebuilding after losing his quarterback. So I just yeah. think he was already coming in in a bad situation. But I think he has a lot of potential. I think he maybe needs to be more of a leader. I don't see him as hyped up as some of the veterans, which is, I mean, yeah, he's still young, but I just feel like he needs to be a little bit more of a leader. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I, I mean, we're yeah. rocking with the youngster. Yeah, we're rocking with the with the kid, and I think we're stuck with them for the foreseeable future, because again, the options are pretty limited. What are you gonna do? Bring you gonna? I think the people that are saying they should sign Aaron Rodgers are delusional. I don't, <laughs> I don't think mm. that would happen. He no. is my least favorite player in the league. That's a fun fact oh. about me. And so when I see that, I just like, why would we bring a young kid who has potential over someone who's old and washed up and no offense? We want a leader on our team and you want to bring Aaron Rodgers? He's a crybaby. No way. That's not what the dynamic needs to be. Yeah. I mean, the first word that comes to your mind uh, when you say the name Aaron Rodgers is, to me, is not even crybaby. It's selfish. I feel like he's he's a a lot. Yes. He's he's a very me, 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 me guy, you know? And it's... It's just he's an unlikable. Look, Aaron Rodgers is a phenomenal player, but you know, there's some things, there's qualities about him that I just it stinks up the room. It's just bad. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I wouldn't want him around. Like he I brings too much negative media attention too. Oh, for we don't sure. need that. Yeah, we don't need that. Yes, I mean the beginning of the season and when he was talking about the COVID shots and all this. Other, I mean, I don't know. Look, it's it's just not foreseeable for the Patriots to be in the middle of a rebuild, right? 
it's right. a, bringing That's all guys like Aaron Rodgers. You're right. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, yeah, I mean, are you guys not watching Russ cooking in Denver? I mean, I, I don't want a <laughs> old man. Let's ride. I, I think I think the young guys are doing just fine. Yeah. So I think we need to just rock with the young guys. I think you I think you hit the nail on the clock. I look, it's one of those things where you kinda have to grab this year and just throw it out the window because we didn't have an offensive identity, right? So mm-hmm. you can't really be like, Oh well, I'm out on Mac and give me Aaron Rodgers because this season this happened. I mean, look, this is all it goes deeper than that. The problems with the Patriots are much deeper than just Mac Jones being completely off. It's just everything was everything was out of sync. Now, I'm a bit I'm a big advocate for bringing in a number one wide receiver. Kind of give Mac the same options that a guys like Justin Herbert have, where they have offensive weapons and they have a one. They have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. If you look at Joe Burrow, you know. He has two number ones, I could say, and at least the most successful quarterbacks this year have at least one true number one target. Do you like that? Do you want that for Mac? Do you want that on the Patriots? Yeah, no, I agree. I think we have a lot of young potential, but I feel like we need a senior back there. You know, like I I need... <laughs> I need someone. Who, I I just I need someone out there who knows what they're doing. We got the youngsters. I need my veterans out there because right. they need that lead on the team. So coming from Arizona, I think D Hop would be a great pick. But yeah. we know how Bill Belichick is with spending, yeah, and how much he'll pay for players. But I think, I mean, would um, you know, Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes without Travis Kelsey? It's that, things like that. No, I don't think he would. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I look, agree. <laughs> I, look, Patrick Mahomes is a great player, but he's had Tyreek Hill, he's had Andy Reid, one of the best offensive mind, you know, in football, and right. he's had Travis Kelsey, which is turns out a generational talent, you know. So I think he's been blessed to have a security blanket like Travis Kelsey. And by the way, it, we're going to talk about Travis Kelsey, and gonna, I'm just going to say people need to cover Travis Kelsey and stop giving him free releases off the line because, come on, it's 2023 and people have not figured this out. I hope the Eagles do this, but, you know, we're going to save our Super Bowl talk for our next show. Okay. But yes, yes, but listen, 100%, I feel like you need a veteran wide receiver. I, I, I wouldn't even say an old guy. I would just say someone is proven, right? Right. You're a proven yeah. player, a guy that's been there who's proven. Exactly, because right. we have a lot of rookies. We're a very young team, right. offensively. Offensively, we're very young, and I think if we just need some veterans. Because look how good our defense is. We have McCourty, who's always leading. They have that veteran, and I just don't feel like our offense has that guy. That presence. That mm-hmm. presence. So that they can, need a veteran. They need someone sure. that can, maybe someone that can guide Mac when he gets a little bit off the rails and reeling back in. I mean, yeah, I, see what you're going. I see what you're going. Yeah, I mean, you need some you need some leadership. But I think you also were correct in saying that you need more leadership from Mac. He needs to be – he needs to step up. Mm-hmm. And, he does because Trevor yes. Lawrence is proving that right now. Yes. So I think he needs that too. I agree. I think you, that's, a, that's a great point. Trevor Lawrence really stepped up in the playoffs, and you really got to see his maturity. Even when he had that terrible first half against the Chargers, he brought him <laughs> back. You know, like he had – Enough to bring him back. 
Exactly. So if you were to give me your quarterback has that mindset. Yeah. Now let me ask you something. If let's let's play a little prediction game here. Do you see the Patriots bringing in that veteran presence or that one proven talent? And who do you think it is? That's not D Hop. If you do, <laughs> if you don't, you can go. You can easily be. Oh well, you know, they'll draft someone. We'll see. But do you, Honestly, do you think so? I can't think of anybody other than D Hop because that's what we're struggling most. Mm-hmm. Is is our receiving? I just I feel like D Hop would be that person coming right. from someone in Arizona. He's mm-hmm. a very likable guy. He right. is very you know he he wants to win. So right. I think I can't think of anybody else perfect. The guy Listen, wants to win. If you if you bring in D Hop, would you still resign Jacoby Myers? I love him. I thought he. He worked hard every single game. I, I don't know. I think he was a big <laughs> weapon, so that would be a tough one. He was a really definitely need him. You need so you will bring Jacoby and D Hop. So because you, you're potentially looking at DeAndre Hopkins, your number one, Jacoby Myers, right, and then you would have Tyquan, correct, Devontae Parker, mm-hmm. and Kendrick Bourne. That's pretty. I mean, if you bring that. Co- Wide receiver group, I think you're pretty good, pretty good shape. You'd be yeah. pretty good shape. Of course. Yeah. Also, offensive line needs needs some help too. Trent Brown was not good this year. Twelve penalties. Yeah, you, you just can't. You just can't give penalties. As far, it. <laughs> I can hear the frustration. <laughs> it kills games. It kills games. It's like you have a momentum. That yeah. is a momentum killer. Right. That is a momentum killer. It's you can't do that. And I think if you're someone, who, you've been in the league long enough to know that you, you can't do that. Yeah. No. 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 And Trent Brown needs to be better. Also, he he if he's going to be on the team this this season, and and I think I think his cap situation is going to allow him to stay a little longer because he's not going to be very expensive. Uh, he's got to be better, and I think he'd be better at right tackle. By the way. Now, Haley, yeah. let me ask you a question. How did you become a Patriots fan? How did that happen? <laughs> so my dad is from mm. Boston. Okay. And uh, my whole family over there, they're from um, Webster, Mass. So he got stationed for uh, the Air Force out in Luke. And that's where he met my mom. And uh, he's been in Arizona ever since. So we're all okay. Boston. Shout out to Webster. Massachusetts. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. Uh, okay. So that makes a lot of sense. So you basically, you're Bostonians at heart, is what you're telling me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So being Bostonians at heart, I'm sure you guys were all big Tom Brady fans, right? Of course. Of course. Um, my dad, I will say, I think if my parents got a divorce, I don't think he would take it as hard. He. <laughs> he was broken. He was upset. He's like, that just crushed my soul. I feel like I'm going through a breakup. And then, you know, when Tom Brady was in Super Bowl, he said, I feel like I'm watching my girlfriend cheat on yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, we, and for me, if I'm, this is really embarrassing, but I had to take a week off school. <laughs> um, oh, boy. A week off school. Listen, uh, 
there was a story. There was a story. I mean, that story of of you taking a week off school is, is really not uncommon. A lot of people were absolutely distraught. And mm-hmm. I remember feeling, again, like it's one of those things where you just wake up and you just see, because it was announced like in the morning or something. And I just saw that and I literally just could not do any, I couldn't function. I was like, what is going on? What kind of dimension? I had people texting me. I'm yeah. so sorry. It's like they were texting me like someone died. But that's <laughs> how it felt to me. Because yeah. I remember the first time I saw him when I like really can remember was I was six. And I saw him and we we're watching a game. And I used to tell people, oh, my gosh, Tom Brady's my husband. And, you know, my dad got embarrassed because, like, his eight-year-old was telling people she was married to Tom Brady. Yeah. And I, yeah, that's just, uh, I've always loved him. I, before every soccer game, because I played college soccer, I would read his book or I would read, like, a chapter from his book hmm. or listen to him talk because he's just that guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, we all watch the, the Brady Six you know, and then that documentary that he that show that he came out on ESPN also that he, where he was he basically just did a. I basically looked at what he did on ESPN with that show as a memoir or a love letter to the mm-hmm. Patriots, basically. You know, it's just basically Pretty that's much, what it felt yeah. like. Yeah, it felt like that. And so here we are. He is retired again, and. You know what? I, part of me is sad that he's not. I won't be able to see him play anymore because mm-hmm. you know it's he's the greatest of all time to me. He's the greatest quarterback of all time, and it's not a. It's, I'm not really gonna get into much of why I think he's the greatest. He just is to me, <laughs> and well, part of me is also relieved, and here's why. I didn't want Tom Brady to be a merchant of Super Bowls or a Super Bowl chaser and felt like he was basically trying to hunt his another Super Bowl, one last hurrah, and be this yeah. journeyman quarterback, you know, like at the end of their careers where they're just kind of like they're veterans and they're like, well, at this point, you know, they don't really want anything except they just want a chance to win and they, they want to go. to No, you're Tom Brady. You already have some Super Bowls. You don't even need to right. do any of that. You know, like you're Tom Brady. Like, I don't want you to be remembered as the guy who jumped 14 different teams at the end of your career chasing Super Bowls when you already in your own right had already won seven. You didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. So part of me was relieved. And I thought, you know what? Good. It's over now. It could it could stop hurting every time I watch a Bucks game. Because it did. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> and uh, now I just need Robert Kraft to bring him home. Bring him home. Retire from a Patriot. Retire as a Patriot. Sign your one-day contract. Just come home. Is that right. how you felt? That's Is that how, how you felt? It was... I love watching him play. So, of course, I didn't want the Bucks to win, but I wanted to see. I, I still wanted to make, you know, say, hey, screw you. Just because he left the team doesn't mean he sucks. He's still better than that's that's yeah. how I tried to put it to make mm-hmm. myself feel better. But I do. He needs to come home. He needs to. He gave us over 20 years and he was the face of Boston 
And, you know, my dad was like, I went through high school getting bullied for wearing my Patriots gear because they sucked. (laughs) He's like, you know how good it feels to have kids who can be proud to wear it? So I just feel like he needs to come home because my dad was like, I don't, you know, I can't wear his jersey. I can't wear his jersey until he retires because it just feels like he backstabbed us. So to wear his jersey while he's playing for another team, couldn't do it. Yeah. No, it's 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 tough. It was tough, and look, it's something again that it was very bittersweet as someone who was watching him. And I would try to, I it gets to the point where I wouldn't even watch the Bucks play anymore because I'm like, ah oh, man, just you could be doing that for us, like, right? Damn it, Bill! You, like you gave us twenty years, right? God. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so it was one of those, damn, you could have been doing that for us, Tom. Damn it. You still had had like two, three good years in you. So (laughs) it it was frustrating. So in a way, like I said, I'm glad that he's retired. And look, next season we get to watch him on Fox. You know, so gives me a reason. I'll be tuning in. (laughs) Yeah, it gives me a reason to keep my cable because that was Started to be like, you know what? I don't even know if I want to keep cable anymore, and because I yeah. I barely watch TV nowadays, I only keep it for sports. So now I'm like, okay, Tom Brady's gonna make me renew my contract for the cable because I need to have my local channels because I need to watch them. You know, I need to watch, <laughs> watch, watch. Listen, Haley, it's been great having you. I cannot wait to have more talks with you about Boston sports, and. uh it's really good to have you on the team. I think you're going to fit in nicely. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, I've, uh, I've always wanted to sit and talk about Boston. I have a boyfriend who's from New York, so Ooh. it's always a battle. So it's Ooh. good to talk to people who get me. <laughs> oh, listen, you t- you play this podcast for him, and you tell him. You're like, listen, it's going to be Boston sports here, buddy. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> he, he, <laughs> <laughs> I hope... He listens. He said he will at work. He said he'll pop his headphones in and he's going to listen. And um, But, yeah, I hope he absolutely hates it and loves it at the same time because <laughs> go Sox. There you go. <laughs> go Sox. Go Sox. Are you a big Red of Sox course. fan? Yes. Okay. I am not. He's more, you know, um, his friend plays in the majors, but he plays for Detroit. So oh, okay. lots of baseball over here. Ah, okay, boss. Oh, well, let me ask you real quick before I let you go. What did you think of the Red Sox offseason? Uh, do you think they're going to win over 80 games? So, Red Sox offseason, sad. A lot of people who I was finally feeling a connection to to the team sadly left, but I feel like we had good new additions. Our pitching, still mm. not there. So, mm. winning over 80 games, I'm 50-50 on that. 50-50? I, at least we got Rafi. You know, I do would, agree. Yes. I love him. So yeah. it was good, but you know, Bogarts, that was that was a tough one to swallow. Oh man, yes. I was like when they lost Bogarts, I was like, not again. Not <laughs> not another Mookie two point oh. Ah, it, it hurt. But look, at least they got Rafi and we'll see. We'll watch him obviously this season and uh we'll see what happens with the Red Sox. But again, Haley, thank you so much. it's been great having you and can't wait to have you out throughout the season, guys. Like I said. Uh, she will be on with us on rotation because she's uh, a busy person, obviously. So she can't just sit around and just talk to us Boston sports <laughs> all day. But we wish will... I could. <laughs> yes, well, trust me, I wish I could. 
but we will have her on more. Now, Haley, tell the people where they can find you online. Um, you guys can follow me on Instagram um, at Haley.Sherwood. And Twitter, of course, uh, Hazer1024. That's where I talk all my Boston sports. There you go. That's, that's, that's probably a good place to find her, just probably talking smack and defending the, defending the Patriots. I like it. Uh, once again, guys, don't forget to link, to check out the link, like and subscribe to the podcast to enter a chance to win a Patriots jersey. We'll be right back. Looking for somewhere to place a bet? Looking for sportsbook, live betting, casino, racebook, and promotions? Right now, you can go to betus.com. Betus.com will allow you to join easily. There's a 125% sign-up bonus, a 200% crypto bonus, and more. Place all your bets. Make lots of winnings with betus.com. All right, guys, we're back with another segment from UI. And this time, we are going to be talking the Boston Red Sox. They had an offseason where they lost Xander Bogarts. And a lot of people were not happy. And I think, I don't know if this is true or not, but after the Winter Classic from the Bruins, where these guys got booed, (laughs) like, it was there was no mercy. They went to town on these owners, and they were just saying, "Extend Rafi, extend Rafi." So, I was there uh, doing it. So. I don't know. I don't know if that was my voice. Uh, if that's a good Boston, probably not. It was specifically Jr. He is the only reason why Rafael <laughs> is extended. So, guys, um, the Red Sox, guys, the Red Sox. Um, how would you grade their off season? Given everything that's happened, and that even though they lost Xander, they extended Rafi, so they ensured that at least one of their cornerstone pieces uh, stayed on the team. Matt, let's start with you. What do you think? Oh, all right. Let's just start here. Overall, I think if you asked me to grade the offseason, I would go a, a C plus, B minus at, at best. Mm. Um, their biggest mistake with Bogarts, I don't blame them for give, not giving the money he ended up getting. Their biggest mistake was not extending him a year ago. That's when I, it should have got done. And he could have got – they could have got that extension done for probably like right around what they offered him in the end, which was like seven years around like, I don't know, 25, 26 or something like that a year. Um, as a whole, this offseason has been – a little underwhelming because you want them to re-sign their stars. So I think when they did ex- finally extend that Devers, it was a sigh of relief because the idea of going throughout the entire season again, not knowing what was going to happen with Devers, this fan base would have probably melted to the ground and maybe burned Fenway with it. Hmm. Um, you know, so it, my thing with Heim Bloom is like moving Mookie was the right decision to do. The trade just didn't work out. I think moving awful. Ben Attendi wasn't exactly the work was the wrong. Excuse me, I don't think it was a wrong idea, but the return just didn't work out. 
Um, so those are his, his failures, but I see what they're trying to do. And when you look at what they were last year, I think what people, people's biggest mistake looking at what this team did last year was they, you know, they were incredibly underwhelming, but it was a mix. It was in large part, a mix of injuries and just your star players relatively underperforming. Xander Bogarts, you know, he batted for a good average, but his power was way down. JD's batting average dropped like 30 points, 20, 30 points, and his power went down. Their starting rotation at one point was, I mean, you, they brought up Brian Bellow and, and Siebold and Winkowski and all these guys from triple and double A just to make starts. And that's where the, the season kind of derailed. You know, they their biggest downfall last year was really not having a lot of depth. And when injuries happened, obviously you, Chris Sale kind of effed everybody in spring training. Uh, but when injuries happened, they didn't have an answer. So I think that's what you've kind of see, seen Hind Bloom address is they're not these like the prettiest moves, but they have like seven, six to seven guys in that rotation that they can pick from and they'll have available. They, they strengthened the bullpen. The bullpen blew 28 saves last year. They're not like, that's not going to happen this year. If you just take that 28 saves alone and, and they don't blow maybe eight of them, nine of them, the entire season's different. I mean, they would have been in the, in contention for the playoffs till the end, just eight or nine games. Uh, combine that with, you know, Kiki got injured and all that. The lineup is deeper than last year. I'm cautiously optimistic, as you guys can go look at my uh, article on the five bold predictions for for the Sox. Um, I, I think they'll be better this year. I don't know how much better. I really think Yoshida is going to be better than what people think. Um, so it's kind of a wait and see, but I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, let me ask you something now about this real quick, right? Uh, do you think that the moves that they did this year are enough to get them to a playoff spot? Like, do you think what they did is enough? Because that's really my thing. I I saw that they did some moves, and despite I do agree with the Xander Bogarts thing. I think they botched it last season, and I feel like if they would give him that contract last season, then they wouldn't be in this predicament where they had to be in a bidding war with the Padres, for example, right? So I agree with you on that part. But do you think they did enough? Um. I mean, it's going to be close. There's there's going to be a lot of teams fighting for those three wild card spots. The Blue Jays, Mariners, Rays. I mean, if we kind of presume the Yankees are going to be the top team in the East again, granted, you know, with the way the East is, who knows? But if you presume that the Orioles overperformed last year, you know, there's going to be a minimum of five teams fighting fighting for those three spots. So it's going to be close. But I really do think depth especially as you get into, you know, mid-season prevails a lot and the teams that have quality depth end up winning games that teams without depth don't don't end up winning. So yeah. I do think that they have done enough to at least get themselves back into playoff contention. Um, my bold prediction in my article was 88 wins, and I think that that would put them right around the second wildcard spot. So I would say, yeah, I do think that they did enough, but there's a lot of risk, a lot of injury from yeah. players yeah. that 
if if they went sub 500, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I really wouldn't. But I think they have like five to seven guys that you could identify that says like, yeah, they could, it could blow up for them. Yeah. Or they could all perform what we know that they can perform. And then this team would be pretty damn good. Uh, okay. So it's kind of wait and see at this point. Jake, do you agree with that assessment? Do you think that they've done enough to position themselves into an offseason? Like where they can be like, okay, we did enough in the offseason and we can go ahead and compete for a wildcard spot at least. I think they have. I, I think they've, I kind of think of them now as the way I used to think about the Patriots in the early 2010s and the Bruins in the late 2010s. They just did enough to compete. You're just doing enough to get there. You're just doing enough to maybe get to the playoffs and really nothing more. Um, you know, the loss of story this year and his elbow sur- surgery is going to be massive. Um, you know, you- you're going to need to decide, you know, do you move Kike into the infield or do you keep him in the center field? Because if you move him out from the outfield, you're opening up another hole. Uh, re-signing Devers was massive. That That was huge. You needed to do that if you didn't. I think this team would have lost face and that a lot of the fans that have kind of checked out probably would have all left at that point. Um, I'm, I'm excited for the starting rotation, I, I, even though it's kind of aged a little bit. I, I still am excited to see if Sale can come back and kind of pitch or find a, kind of reinvent himself. I'm iffy about Corey Kluber. I like the signing. I would have loved it if it was four years ago. Um, you know, but we all, yeah, yeah. you you know, his, his, his season with the Rays was kind of up and down last year, but I, if, if he can plug and play as that number three guy for you, that, that'd be huge. Uh, I, I, I'm still disappointed about the loss of Evaldi, but in in terms of this off season, this off season really is playing into a lot to what happened last off season. When you signed Trevor story, when you decided to let Schwarber walk, when, you decided to not really, you, you know, try to do anything and, and just kind of go back at it. You traded Hunter Renfro for Jackie. Oh my God. Um, anyway, <laughs> you know, That's but probably one of the worst trades I think I've ever seen executed. In, in but, my life. And, and I, I understand, you know, the thinking behind it, you can trade those guys, get maybe the same kind of caliber guys, or maybe something better in return and rebuild for the future because the Red Sox and Heimblum were kind of rebuilding. We're in this weird phase, making the ALCS his first year, I think really, really was more detrimental to this team than it was good. I, I, I think that there was a lot of expectations put on this team that there shouldn't have been. And the fact that they made that ALCS was, was phenomenal, but it, they really shouldn't have been when you, when you kind of look back at it, um, in terms of this season, again, letting Evaldi walk kind of sucks, but, you know, getting Kluber, I I think kind of almost makes up for it. And and truthfully, I, I was okay with Bogart's walking. I was okay with the prospect of him leaving. Because at the same time, I know that we're in this rebuild phase. How it all played out, I'm not okay with, especially given how last season played into this season. And I, I think they backed themselves into a corner, but I think they're slowly digging themselves out. So I would like to see the good in maybe what the Red Sox are doing this year, but I'm still very pessimistic in how this team's going to operate this year. I, I, I don't see them being above 500, and I, I'd be shocked if they're even in contention for a wild card spot, truthfully. So you see them below 80, 81 wins? I do. I, I, I do. It, it's really detrimental on Chris Sale and how he returns. And it's really detrimental, you know, on how the Red Sox can bat replacing Xander Bogarts. It 
combats on this offense as well because you're not just replacing his defensive glove you're also replacing his bat and he was a phenomenal bat in the middle of this lineup and you know you got to replace that as well and you got to replace jd's bat even though he kind of fell off last year he was still good at contact hitter for you but there's there's some there's some more pressing issues with this red sox lineup that that's kind of at face value good but there's there's still that that pressing need that I think the Red Sox still probably won't find this year and maybe not until next year, the season after. I, I think they're still kind of in that beginning phase of just being good enough, but still in the suck. Yeah, my biggest thing, when they hi- hired Bloom, he said kind of right up front, it's going to be a three to five year process to get where they are. I think some mistakes that he has made is prolonging that to the point where, because we're, we're going into year four. So I think everyone's getting impatient um, about his moves. And I think some of his moves has prolonged that, that timeline. Um, but his goal is, con- you know, a continued success build throughout the farm system. And I know, you know, Casas and Bella, like those are Dombrowski guys. Um, so I, I wouldn't really say that he gets credit for them. Um, but they're, I do think they're building it right. It's just a matter of two things. One, there are five to seven players, which is, I would say, Bellow, Sale, Whitlock. They're all in that rotation. What do you, What the hell are you going to get from them? I don't know what you're going to get from them. And then in the, in the lineup, what are you going to get from the middle infield? Kike Hernandez is going to be at short. I think they'll put uh christian arroyo and i think they're going to end up adding another another guy at second um we don't know what mondesi or whatever his name is from so who would you pick in the center then at that point i think duval will be in center i think duval is a good signing for what they need because he desperately brings power um but i think for the time being duval will be in center i mean he won a gold glove in 2021 um is he like a top tier center fielder no but I think he can handle himself out there. And then on top of the middle infield, Masataka Yoshida. I mean, his projections, if he can go just based off the projections of like fan graphs and all those, you know, the zip projections, if he can bat 300 and hit, let's just say 17, 18 home runs, the, the, the criticism around his signing is going to be, oh, well, that's, that's a damn steal. There's not many guys batting 300 in this league and hitting over 15 home runs. Matt, I think the I think I think for me, for me, right? I think as far as for the Red Sox is there's a lot of ifs. Yes. Right? There's a lot of uh, ifs on this team. 100%. A lot of ifs. This kind of has a 2013 vibe to it. They just brought a lot of veterans mixed with some of the young guys. At the time, you had some young players coming up and they're kind of hoping to, you know, as you said, they're looking to rebuild and kind of reform, but they're also hoping to maintain some sort of level of success. And at first, I kind of was some confused. I was like, if you're going to go for a full rebuild, right, then go for a full rebuild. Like, don't sign these uh, bets and just go ahead and start bringing up the kids. Bring, and or just trade away whatever bet pieces you have. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying trade Devers, but I'm saying... Bring in some more pieces and do a full rebuild. Do a complete rebuild, right? Even if it means losing, you know, fuck the success. Do a full rebuild and bring it up the way it should be and then build through that. 
But the more I saw this offseason progress and how that some of the things they try to do, I did I did like a lot of the moves. You know, I did like a lot of the signings. I'm kind of the same with Kluber and stuff, you know, maybe four years ago. Great. But for me, for me, it's going to be the the the, the Red Sox success this season, it's going to be not just on sale and some of the vets that they bring to see if they can produce or Yoshida, you know, to see how he he uh he performs. It's going to be more on the younger guys like Bello, like Casa. If they are going to be able to project and buy it, like if they're going to be able to perform into the hype that they're being given, you know, a lot of people are really high on Casas and they really like what they saw. And we, everybody was hyped last year. You know, they were, everybody was clamoring for him to come up like, all right, when are they going to bring this kid up? When is, is he ready? He's ready. He's ready. Now he's up. So he's going to get this chance this year. And I think it's going to be more about the young kids to see if they can perform to their statuses, to this hype that they've been building up, right? More than the vets doing what the vets do. Because I feel like the vets are going to be pretty ho-hum as far as their their roles, and they're going to be able to produce based on their projections. But it's going to really depend on the young kids, you know, if they're going to be able to elevate and take that next step, as they say. I think both of them are going to be studs. We'll just stop there. I think they're both going to be very good. I think Brian Be- uh, Bello is going to be are maybe a number one, maybe even by the end of the year. Um, That's his big. sinker is is devastating, like devastating sinker. He can throw for for you know mid to high nineties. Um, I think he's improving on that. He was working with Pedro, and he's talking about a new addition curveball that he's working on. I Stop really, making me horny, really, Matt. <laughs> I really expect <laughs> him to be, and maybe not immediately this year, but I expect him to be a very, very good pitcher in this league. Tristan Casas got a lot of power. He hits for good average, average at least, well, reasonable average in the minors, and he has a good walk rate and strikeout rate. Um, I think he'll have kind of a up and down season. You know, he's kind of a little bit more of a year away in terms of what we might see, what we'll really get from him. But I think he'll produce enough where, I mean, we had Bobby, Bobby Dell back at first base last year. So um, please stop. I don't really, you can't yeah. really go down. Yeah, please, please stop. Please stop hurting me. Stop hurting me. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's, let's do something real quick before we uh, end up this segment. And either one of you can go first. Uh, give me a projection over under. I mean, I Matt already told me he's projecting anywhere around between 81 to 88 wins. I'm guessing, right? Somewhere around that that vicinity, around I think what you said, 88 wins. You said around yeah, that. Yeah, my, my one of my five bold predictions was was 88 wins. Okay, so Jake, uh, you said below 80. What's your number then? What's your final? Like, give me a number. Give me a ballpark. I'm, I'm going to subtract 11. I'm going to say 77. 77. I think they can get to 77. I'm going to price right is right, you guys, and basically go in the middle and go with 81. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, I think like low 80s is like the most, I would say the most realistic yeah. number. I think that's just um, the basic expectation. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and I think to like what I said earlier, like if they went under 500 and they were at 77 wins, it would be because the things that they bet on didn't work out. You know, whether Chris Seale not staying healthy or the young guys not performing. Yeah. Um, but I think that they have enough depth that come to mid-time, you know, mid-season and stuff when teams are struggling with injuries. They're still going to be producing good games from 
because of their depth. Yeah. And they're going to win a few games solely because they have more depth than other teams. So that's why I'm kind of a little more optimistic. And like I said, it's a bold prediction. So I like the you know, I would say, yeah, I, like I would it. say a little bit less than 88 would be the most realistic. But yeah, uh, I'm an optimistic person. So I like it. I like it. I like the optimism. <laughs> I like it. I do also think that there's a lot of there's a lot of upside to the Red Sox this year. You know, there's, there's if the kids perform and you know, look, listen. If Chris Sale comes back and pitches like Chris Sale is capable of pitching, and then you add the fellow and him performing and him stepping up and him projecting into what Matt is talking about, how he could be a potential number one, then you have right there two studs right there leading your rotation already. That alone will get you quite a lot of wins very easily. So um, it's just all about, you know, I guess kind of having these pieces. And again, the offseason isn't even over. They can still make a couple moves here or there. They can still add a couple more vets or maybe can make it a trade. Bring in Matt Moore. Maybe bring in Matt Moore. There, I'm not, you know, I don't know exactly what it will tell, but I'm very curious about the Red Sox this season, and we'll see how it pans out. Uh, in our next segment, uh, we will be talking Tom Brady. We are going to be talking Tom Brady. And by the way, as a disclaimer, there will be tears. No, there will be tears. Team right there. Yep. He's looking over you, Matt. Yeah, that's a great picture. Matt has a great picture because if you guys are listening to some podcast form, Matt has a great <laughs> picture of Tom Brady in the back. Um, it's I'm really really jealous uh, of that picture, and I'm also jealous because Matt's really good looking. But uh, I, we'll be right back. And again, we're gonna be talking Tom Brady, and we're gonna talking goodbyes, and uh, Jr. is gonna tell us how many Tom Brady jerseys he owns. We'll be right back. Looking for somewhere to place a bet? Looking for sportsbook, live betting, casino, racebook, and promotions? Right now, you can go to betus.com. Betus.com will allow you to join easily. There's a 125% sign-up bonus, a 200% crypto bonus, and more. Place all your bets. Make lots of winnings with betus.com. All right, guys, we're back to UI. And before we kick off this segment, I just want to say uh, a big thank you to all our co-hosts that have joined us today. And we are looking forward to bringing you so much more content coming this season on UI. We're really excited about the additions we've made. And we're going to have some cool guests, uh, some cool uh, beat writers from the Boston Globe. And we're going to have some guys from Nesson. We're going to have you know the usual suspects and some people we've had in the past. So we're really excited about that stuff. Also, don't forget that if you want a chance to enter and win a Patriots authentic jersey from either Matt Judon or Marcus Jones, to go ahead and subscribe, like, and participate in our poll in the link below. Now, with that being said, guys, we are going to talk a little Tom Brady. He retired again. Good. And this time it looks for good. By the way, the beach that he did it on is like basically like 30 minutes away from my house. I'm almost tempted to go there and just like picking up sand because there's a guy trying yeah, to sell sand where he sat on for $90,000. It's up to $102,000 now. Right. So, again, I need to give me some fucking sand. That's it's, what it's, it's, it sounds like you should go and get yourself some sand. I need to get some fucking sand. So, I don't really guys, understand how someone can – who would ever pay for that? Like, hey, there it is. There's, there's, there's people. There's yeah, people that will pay. That. 
Jr. will pay. No, 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 not me. Jr. is the leading bid right now. That's why he knows it's oh, 100. Oh my gosh. Are you, are you master 2269? <laughs> Jr. No, I'm using Jake's credit card right now. Oh, are you? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, pretty high limit, Jake. Uh, <laughs> That's new it's to me. Town Fair Tigers credit card, I should say. Oh God, no. Oh baby. my God. <laughs> And they, they don't. They don't trust me. With, no, I mean they do trust me with the credit card, but they shouldn't. Um, <laughs> might, might might bid on some Brady sand, Brady ass oh, sand. Oh my God! So who are you? What's your name? Miso horny. What? What is it? What miso? It's, miso it's, horny. It's, <laughs> no, it, no, it's similar to Jr's. It's a, it's actually Cum Guzzler four twenty six. Ah, okay, okay, okay. I yep. got you. These are all great, by the way. Uh, this is great material, guys. Let's talk Tom Brady. Um, he's gone. It good. looks like we're good this time. Thank God. I, we can start us off. I don't have any emotional thoughts because, you know, Brady, man, what did he do for my team? No, I'm just kidding. Listen, um, very sad. I'm kind of glad, though. Listen, I may be one of the few people who's actually glad he's retired. And not because I'm gonna not going to miss him play. I am. I am going to miss watching his greatness on the field. I just hate seeing him play for someone else that's not the Patriots. It hurts me. It hurts me deeply. So, for me, I'm kind of glad that this is over, and I'm glad that he didn't turn into this journeyman quarterback hunting for a ring as if he needs one. You know, the guy has seven. You know, I think I would have preferred him if he went out last year where he went out kind of on top, voted number one by the players, 5,000 passing yards. He had a lot of success last year. And this year, he kind of went out sad a little bit, you know? So that's, I think that's my only gripe. But other than that, I think I'm okay with it. And I was ready for this moment to happen. Now, Jake, kick us off. Um, what are your thoughts on Tom Brady retiring, man? Again, uh, I'm in the same sentiment as you are. Like, you, you know, it, it's it's sad. The, the reason I said good, thank God he's retired, is like, you know, I'm glad he's retired because now he, he can stop destroying the league every year. But also at the same time, it, it hurt to see him take snaps in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey. I, I, I didn't like that, yeah. um, you, you know, but Tom Brady, you know, I, I'm, I'm 24 years old. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a young man. My entire life has had Tom Brady playing page, had playing quarterback at some point, most of it for the New England Patriots. I didn't really witness the first three, but those last three, that was that was magical. And that, that, that was something that I'm always going to remember and something I think about e- e- even to this day. There's so many times I go back and I, I watch the, the, you know, the toss to white, uh, you know, scoring the touchdown to win Super Bowl 51. The, the amount of times I go back and watch the Malcolm Butler uh, pick six, just knowing that, you know, Brady helped us get those three more. So I could see it, you know, not being young, but I, I, I could grow up and see it a little bit more. It helped me appreciate him a lot more because Tom Brady to me, when I first started getting really into the league, yeah, he won a couple of Super Bowls, but I don't really know Tom Brady. I got to know Tom Brady these past 10, you know, 11 years, you know, a lot more than I did when I was a little bit younger. And, you know, to see him go is sad. It's going to be weird because, like I said, I've had Tom Brady playing quarterback my entire life and in some capacity in the NFL. So it's going to be weird to not see him. But at the same time, thank God, <laughs> you know, let, let, let's let's get something new because I, I, I got tired of hearing about Brady, truthfully, especially after he left for the Bucks. It was it, it's you want it to be one of those clean breakups. And it was one of those breakups where you were hurting 
but you kept hearing about how great of a life your ex was living and it got tiresome and I hated it. And then they won a Super Bowl <laughs> and that sucked. So goodbye, go away, live and enjoy your retirement and maybe go find a new wife. Thank you, Tom Brady. I'll see you on Fox, Tom Brady. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you, I'll see you on Fox. Replace uh, Tony Trump. <laughs> please. Eight, please. I mean, I'll, I'll take. This I don't. Part. I hate that you brought up Tony Romo because I have so much hate. And I have a, a massive rant about Tony Romo in my. He in, was like, good for I about twelve minutes. Sealed up, yeah. But listen, it's about Tom Brady. Let's not ruin the moment. Matt, give me your thoughts on Tom Brady. <sighs> I mean, you guys kind of hit it on the head. Where like, it was such a bittersweet, you know, last three years of you love watching him play but it's not on your team anymore and for the last three years I think kind of every Patriots fan has been holding a little bit of a grudge towards Belichick and anybody or anything that caused him to leave uh I'm I think the saddest part for me is kind of like like Jake said is I mean I'm 27 so like basically my whole life has has also been Tom Brady. So like the idea that he's actually not going to be playing next year and probably forever, you know, ever again is what's kind of like the most sad part of it. Um, you know, cause I've kind of gotten over, I guess, him not being here. Uh, so it's, you know, that's kind of my, where, where, where I'm kind of struggling with it. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to some huge, huge Patriots games. I was there for the Cunduff missed field goal. I was there for the Jaguars AFC title game. I went to the Ravens, um, the double pass to, to Amendola. You know, I've been fortunate enough to go to some very big games. And I would definitely say kind of that double pass game where they came back from 14 twice. Um, was probably one of the most special moments. I actually went with two of my closest friends that are not Patriots fans. One's a Cowboys and one's a Giants fan. Yeah. So it was kind of a little bit bittersweet that like I was celebrating with non-Patriots fans. But I think you guys have probably seen the video that circulates of that game of during the end of the game, how loud the crowd was. Man, that it was it was a whole different atmosphere. That you that was peak Brady, really. I mean, that, that was a peak times, I think, for all of us as fans. And so, you know, him leaving is sad. Um, but part of it, I think, is a him just not being here. And I guess once we get back to contention, um, it it will kind of ease ease the heart. Jake kind of had a spot on where it's like an ex girlfriend that you broke up with, even though it wasn't us; it was the past. But we have to defend them that you <laughs> broke up with, and now he's doing well. <laughs> and until you, until you find yourself another hot girlfriend, it's like it hurts. It hurts. It really keep does. Swi- keep swiping right, but they just don't keep matching. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's awful. Uh, Jr. Without on the cry, opposite. without crying too much, tell me. I'm the opposite of the three, y'all. I'm not happy at all about his retirement. I wanted one more Super Bowl, man. He was supposed to go to San Francisco and end the saga, go home where it all started, man. Where his love for football began. Oh, I don't know. Uh, it's it em. sucks, but hey, <laughs> listen, I'm part of the Brady agenda thing, so it's a big thing for me. But I mean, but yeah, you guys are right. Like in 25, I grew up with just basically Tom Brady in my life for football, and other than 2020 through this past few years, it's just been 
all I've ever known is Brady and the Patriots. So you, you know how uh, much I love Tom Brady, JR. Do you know how much I like Tom Brady? I love him. I go back and I watch Super Bowl Fifty Three highlights sometimes. That's how much I love Tom Brady. I go back and I rewatch. I love Tom Brady. I have a goddamn. Yeah. photo of him no, I know you I love Tom Brady I watched Super Bowl 52 highlights oh, <laughs> yeah, that, uh, how about that I watched Losing Super Bowl 42 highlights that's, a, that's that what really I watch I put myself through the gauntlet All right. I wake uh, up every I morning and I watch the David Tyree catch to remind myself that life is pain <laughs> yeah like listen I wake up every day and have a picture of Eli Manning no, you know, like, Instead of pinching yourself, Jake just watches, yeah. <laughs> watches all the worst moments. Yeah. Sometimes I switch it up and I watch Asante Samuel drop a drop a pass, Mr. Oh, INT. God. Yeah, and then the guy cries oh, on, yeah. on Twitter every day that Belichick's overrated. Asante Samuel, fraud. Oh, what a fucking fraud. I don't know. If Wes, if Wes Welker could have caught the damn football, uh, right in his hands. Guys, we're talking about, we're supposed to talk about, yeah. like, Find it we, nice we, memories. We're, 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 we're supposed to we're other. supposed to like Wes Walker. Remember, we're supposed to like him. We're, we're, well, no, we look, like Wes Walker dropped the pass. Like he didn't become a dick after the fact. It was sort of like. Oh, I know. Well, we wouldn't we yeah. wouldn't have looked it down on him as badly had Julian Edelman not become an absolute goddamn stud muffin. Yeah, I do. That's true. It well, yeah. and Julian Edelman just like it's just so much easier to like. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he had the bromance with Brady. Yeah, Wes oh, Welker Julian. had the personality of what card? But Wes Welker had the personality of Jr. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, <laughs> I think that's the best way to sum it up. All right, bitch. Oh <laughs> my god, dude. The no, but like my like you guys are all right though. I mean, like it was basically it was time for him, you know, to hang it up. I think this last season, especially with Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich just not knowing how to coach a team or an offense at all, just completely soured him. No, I know he came back last year personally because of the Schefter thing. I think we all know that is because Schefter broke it first, and he's like, "No, nah, fuck that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play one more year just because of that." But yeah, I think he wanted always, to go elsewhere. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think I, he wanted to go to Miami, happen. but it was. I feel like it was Bucks or nothing at the end of the day. Still, Todd I, Bowles I, has no business coaching. Uh, being a head coach in the NFL. Byron Leftwich has no that, room being an OC, and he's I, probably going to get the Ravens job. So I, for, I forget what game it was, but did you guys see like the the video of Brady trying to hype up the sideline and just the Niners just game dead? It was the Niners game. They were just dead. Like that. Donovan Smith was just dead. literally just watching the jumbotron. He wasn't yeah. even looking were, at Brady. There were moments throughout this past year that you could see Brady yelling at his offensive line, and like you used to see in New England, like the players would react. The, the players in Tampa were so kind of just defeated. And whether that was maybe Brady wasn't putting in the effort that he used to, but they weren't reacting well. They were just kind of like, what the hell is this guy doing? He's probably venting about the sound model. If you watch the mic'd up, yeah. he's like telling him, he's like, this is what we're, this like, this is what we love to do. This is what you love to do. You want, you want to win. And they just don't react. They're just like, yeah, okay. They, they probably lost respect for him because I, I, I mean, you know, when your wife cheats on you for a tennis coach and you're Tom Brady, <laughs> you, know, you lose a little respect. Jiu-jitsu, tennis. Bucks, if the Bucks wanted to be successful, all they needed to do was hire Matt Patricia as your offensive coordinator. Of course. Uh, that's, that's all they off, offensive coordinator and head coach, like de facto of both. GM. Yeah. GM. Owner. owner yeah. Board yeah. member. You know what? Can we just make Matt Patricia the, the, the owner of the, the NFL? Of the NFL? No owner of the NFL. Just oh, you want to make? Oh, I 
I think Matt Patricia as owner of anything is just a scary enough thought that I do not want to even think about the fact that him being the owner of the NFL. Uh, but listen, guys, back to Brady. Uh, uh, this guy went to get his uh, did Matt go get his championship hoodie? His Patriots no, championship hoodie. I've been wearing it all the time. Oh my god. I had Matt, a plug in my like, truck. Matt's trying to prove to us all that he's the right better now. Patriots <laughs> fan. Hold on, let me get my jersey. I'm gonna pull out all my jerseys and put them get all the Patriots. Matt yeah, walked yeah, out with the this champions. Matt, oh goodness. Listen, uh, there's, one, there's, right there's two certainties right now. There's two certainties right now. One, Matt's gonna is trying to show us off that he's the best Patriots fan in this in this podcast. Two, that Jr. owns more Bruins jerseys than he does actual clothes, normal like they wear. Uh no, I have I have way too many clothes. <laughs> Jared Carabas. Carabas <laughs> went like 10 years without wearing anything other than Red Sox. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I actually, no, I, other than like going to games or just like my hat, I don't wear anything like Bruins really. I wear a lot of like streetwear brands and a lot of stuff like to deal with golf or a lot of golf clothing. Yeah. JR the golfer. Uh, yeah. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and uh, end it up right here. So we uh, want to thank everyone who has participated in the podcast. I want to thank Matt C for coming on and sharing his time and his knowledge with us. I want to thank Jake for always being what my number one bro. He, we've been plotting together for it feels like since the start. Yeah. Since, the start. since oh, back no. back in the post twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty nineteen. Uh, I also want to thank Jr for always uh, being calm, cool, and collected, and always willing to, down to. Just about everything. I think Jr. You could tell him to like go commit a crime, and he'd be like, "Okay, let's do it." You know. So, That's our job line. Yeah. <laughs> Jr. Go get a job. Oh, uh, hey. I have a job. I own you, bro. Oh, oh Rent free, baby. Anyways, uh, I'd like to thank everyone for participating in the podcast. Uh, you know, from Emma to Haley, and so forth. We are looking forward to spending more time with you guys across the podcast airwaves. Now. I'm going to go around the virtual room, and I'm going to ask, where can people find you online, Matt C? Uh, on Twitter, at MattCouture5. Pretty simple. I write for Belly Up Sports as well. Uh, so you can find me there. You can tweet what you agree and don't agree with me. If you think I'm cute or not. I know you can't see me, but Brian thinks right. I'm cute, so that's all that matters. The PFP of this podcast, it's going to be your face. So don't worry. <laughs> I'm going I'm going for looks. Don't you Do worry. You have Photoshop. That's all I ask. <laughs> uh, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Love having you, bro. Can't wait to have you on more. Uh, JR, tell the people where they can find you online. Uh, on Twitter, it's cringe, but Ber- at Bergeron for Prez. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm the biggest Patrice Bergeron stan in the world. So he's my favorite player. He's my favorite athlete. So Yeah, I just remember I'm doing a I'm doing a top ten athletes in Boston over the last twenty five years. You'll be happy to know Bergeron's pretty damn high. Where you should. Nine. Hey, don't probably say he's gonna write it. (laughs) Probably either three or four. Oh. Ooh. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'd say I'd say three. I'd say three. Yeah. Uh Jay. Tell the people where they can find you online, my friend. You can find me online at Twitter at JakeyPooBear1. And I, I, I just need to get this off my chest because we didn't get to speak about them. But the Bruins, they suck. <laughs> I hate you so much. It's a bold uh, take. Yes. No, uh, no, they suck. 
Easy. The, the Bruins, uh, like I said, we have a segment prepared for the Bruins. If Pasta, you haven't heard it, him. you will hear it about it. Urshie, but trade him. Listen. Marchand, trade him. Do not listen to Jay. McAvoy, he's just, trade him. All he's trying to just reverse him. jinx thing. Montgomery, you know, like. fire him. Just, just, just send the, send this the team. This is the worst team. Yes, it yes. The coach just won the All Star game with Pasta and Linus, yeah. Linus Olmark. You, you lost three straight, and then you won up the uh, Leafs team without us. The, they, bought the right. they bought the Leafs. One, they brought the Leafs. They brought the Leafs. Okay. One last thing. It, it's a reverse change. David Pasternak. Yes, extend that will happen. Eight years, eleven million per. Please. No, he's got to get eleven point five. He's got to get more. Right, guys, you can find me on Twitter at TTM Brian. I also, you can find me on Title Talk Media on Twitter as well. You can find all our content on. You can find basically this entire podcast distributed or being listened to on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening, and uh, we are out. Say bye, everybody. Adios. Bye. Adios. Oh, thank you.